So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. What is going on, everyone? There, well, it, it, it's Friday night, which means you're here yep. with us, yep. you know, SP3, yep. Doug Pantel, yep. Wrestling yep. YouTube, Twitter, yep. Facebook, Ozzy, what's up, Chris, what's up, Lisa, what's going on? We appreciate everybody who's tuning yep. in, all you crazy people who sat through SmackDown, watched a pretty that's decent my, rampage. That's my job, just want to be. We got the, the we were talking folks before we went on the air about we should have done drugs through a SmackDown show. Would have been better. Uh, am I allowed to say that? Uh, you can say. Okay, don't 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 do drugs. <laughs> so, when I bought these from Derek, the turns out they're aspirin. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you that's what you get. Buyers beware. What's going on, Kamar and Andy and Steven and Safat? We appreciate all you guys tuning in tonight to talk about. Well, let's see. Uh, Brock broke a table and ate some grapes. Uh, you could have uh, turned it off then. We had, we had Xavier Woods' uh, return get spoiled, and then it lasted all of about 90 seconds. Yeah, that was a great, that's a great, that's a great pop. Uh, we had... Honestly, Ronda's best promo since coming back, I thought. I, I actually enjoyed it tonight. Um, but the conversation with Charlotte. Because was, it was because she did it and left. That's why it was good. <laughs> she was there, then she was gone. She was being more of herself, too, tonight. We'll get into that. But the conversation with Charlotte was basically meaningless. Uh, let's see. Ricochet lost twice tonight. Uh, Austin, good. Austin Theory knocked off Pat McAfee's headset and ran like a 12-year-old. Uh, that was good. We had a really good fatal four-way, and then Brock killed some security guards again. Plus, we had some really interesting announcements. That's SmackDown. Everybody good with that that recap? Sid, you get, how about we all start with let's go in a circle and say something good about SmackDown tonight. Sid, you can start. You can go ahead, <laughs> Judge. I, I just that was not that was me. That was my my contribution there. Okay. Well, I liked the Ricochet match. I didn't like it. Because he lost twice, and I've never seen that finish, which I thought was good. Which finish, just to, I'm, uh, assuming, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming the one where he's being held underneath the ring and got counted out, basically. That's the one you're talking about? It, was still, it, it doesn't matter. It was still a different finish. Yes or no? How many times have you ever seen a guy lose twice on the same show? Few. I mean, after he asked him to come back in, right? So it was different. A uh, uh, baby face, yeah. The oh, baby yeah, face. baby face doing it. So, 
I mean, this and is I'm thinking, wait a minute. What, this, I, I'm watching the show, right? And I'm thinking, don't these WWE guys ever get to the arena on time? No. Here we go. The damn Roman Reigns is late. Where is he? You know he's supposed to be here. But he's late. And there's Brock looking for him, knowing he's not there, I guess. I don't know. Let's just be a month and say, what are you saying, Dale? Can we switch? No, we can't, Dale, because we, we, we don't work for any of those companies. Won't you do it? It <laughs> feels like we get I'd more action in one hour. No, we get more action in one match in SmackDown than we do the whole hour of SmackDown, of Rampage, I mean. We we had more we had more matches on Rampage in one hour than we had on SmackDown tonight. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean nothing literally nothing happened. If you if you missed SmackDown. Hence the term maintenance. Maintenance. They've only done the angles. What are they gonna do? Well, it's done. They still got two hours to put out. You, maybe you could build toward an Intercontinental Championship match that actually gets put on the damn card. Or a United States Championship match, for that matter. No, we can't do that. We got two nights of WrestleMania. That's not enough time to put any of the mid-card titles on the damn show. Hey, let me add, this has nothing to do with wrestling, but it does. So I'm just going to throw this out there. All these guys doing commercials during the show, you saw them, right? How do they get paid for that? Is what that in your contract, you think? What do you mean? You know, when, so when somebody does a commercial, like Drew, who did Drew do the commercial for? Oh, Cricket Wireless? He does a I guess. Yeah. So how does he get, is that, is that in his contract, or is that a separate deal with uh, uh, the it, company? If it works like radio, the, comp the contract is signed with WWE, and then he gets a talent fee for doing that. And you know what he gets? No idea. Not much. <laughs> no, really, it, he doesn't. It's like, you know, say WWE, they have two days of autograph signings. Say Saturday, Friday, may have it Friday, I don't know. You know how many autographs and pictures they sign, photos? There's no telling how much. I mean, thousands. But yeah. The, uh, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe 100,000, maybe, I don't know. We we've seen but, we've seen fast forward videos of John Cena doing autographs that lasted like five minutes long. Like yeah. seriously, just him doing. Mm -hmm. it. it was like two hours of him signing. See, that's why WWE they own all that. So when you sign, if you went to a private signing and you signed in a picture and an autograph for twenty five bucks, you get most of that. The WWE they get about ninety percent of it. So when they have WrestleMania, it's just not the pay-per-view or the uh, the concessions they're getting. They're getting it all. They're getting all that, most of it. And they just pay, I don't know, some kind of fee at the end, which is not very much. Somebody wrote a book. I'm trying to think who this is. And I forgot how many copies they sold. But they said they got about 3 to 4% of the gross. That's not too good. Three four percent. I mean, that depends so, on what the what, what the hundred is, I guess. <laughs> well, they, the WWE's getting that. Oh, I know, I know. 
I mean, I'm not surprised. WWE, we we know WWE. They're going to get their money. Well, I don't, I don't, well, you can't blame them, but yet, I don't think the wrestlers have really popped. Or maybe they have. That's why they want a union. They haven't really popped to this how much the WWE has really taken. You know how the, the territory used to pay off? Do any of you guys know this? How? Say, uh, say a territory back in the days of 30 years ago. So you had a $10,000 house. This is how the split was supposed to be. Uh, 30% for expenses, which is the building and the setup, and 30% for the promotion, and 30% for the talent. So you think of that, and the talent looks out there one night, and a 10,000 is just a magical number I pulled up. And you tell the promoter, wow, there's a lot more people here tonight. And they say, oh, no, 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 we, we did a ticket giveaway. Really? You did? Oh, yeah. No, then you check because they get first count. So whatever it is, I've known some promoters, I've never seen them do this. They walk in there and say it's 15,000. They just a handful of money and put it in their pocket and count the rest of them. So you don't know what they did, really. So you can't call them thieves because you really can't prove it. But then you'd be fired, well, according to who you are. But that's what they did. And that's why wrestlers do not, do, they do not trust promoters and, that's, and for a reason like that. I think that was literally a scene in the first Spider-Man movie. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Uh, get your comments in. It was not. They, they stole it. <laughs> is that a scene, really? Yes. Is that a scene or not? You're just saying that. No, it really is. That's true. That's what it is. Yeah, and, and well, Macho Man Randy Savage was actually like part of that uh, whole scene. Anywho, uh, make sure to get. saw <laughs> is ready. Yeah. Uh, make sure to get your comments, yeah. and guys. Well, get your questions in for Dutch. He, he, he knows about that because he was a promoter one time, too. So he knows about it. All right, so we'll we'll get to SmackDown. We'll get to Rampage. This was marketably better uh, than SmackDown tonight. At least stuff of consequence actually happened. Uh, but the, the the major news today, what a lot of people are talking about, is one Triple H, uh, who went on Stephen A. Smith with ESPN today and and detailed the the very real scary near death experience that he had when he had his uh, heart failure uh, last year. And he did confirm today that his in-ring career is over. Um, he will not wrestle again, which means his last match ever will be against Randy Orton, which he didn't get to pick his final opponent, but that's... Last televised match. Last televised match, yes, is going to be against Randy Orton. So, I mean, what was the last... Like, Okay, so that was last televised match. What was the actual last match? The actual last match was Triple H and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe and Robert Roode. Oof. All right, so let's just let history play out that it was uh, <laughs> Triple H uh, versus Randy Orton last match ever. I mean, I, I mean that's nothing. That's nothing to be shabby about. Those are three guys that kind of define his first era of NXT, like the era that is really associated with him. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, Dutch, when you heard the news today, uh, you know what was your reaction to uh, Triple H's uh, wrestling career coming to an end? Well, I have to tell you. You're going to have to retire sometime. But in this case, after I listened to the Stephen A. Smith interview with him, hell, he was about dead. Yeah. 
by the time we got to the hospital, got to the surgery, I don't, I don't know exactly what he was talking about, fracture or something, blood fracture. Or, I don't understand that. But he went from 30 to 12 to 2. And he said he was at the one-yard line. Now, that's pretty close to be looking at that white light. You know what I mean? So I'm glad he got in there. I'm glad he's done. Because what if they didn't find this? They would try to have another match and died in the ring. So I think he can, he can declare himself lucky. And I'm glad now that he's, he's on the mend and looking better and doing better. And I congratulate him on, on finding it before. I hate the way they found it. But I'm glad they found it. And he could have saved his life. I mean, Sid, you know, watching watching that uh, that um, interview with Stephen A. Smith was was hard for me, and I know it's it had to be hard for you as well. We both have young kids at this point, and just like him, him kind of breaking up and him, you know, choking up, talking about just the thought of not being there for his daughters who are in their teens now at this point. I mean that that hit home for me, and like he can't. You know, this isn't the way that he wanted to go out, but all things considered, he came out on the other side of this, and there's much more important things than having one final match in a wrestling ring. Oh, absolutely. The fact that he's still with us and survived everything that he described and, you know, hearing that you could you could be in the hospital and that's the last time, you know, your kids and your family is seeing you as a father. Yeah, that definitely, uh, you know, I, that was something I could relate with. And that's something that I never want to be in that type of position for. So I know his family is just grateful that he's able to be around, be a father, be there for him. And, you know, he can't wrestle anymore like he the fact that he talks about having a defibrillator and it's where his heart is like that is something you can't come back from so i just want to you know everybody to know like one of the the sad parts about you know losing someone like scott hall like we did a couple of weeks ago is the fact that he wasn't able to be around for so many people celebrating his career and the moments that he offered us as fans and i think that the best thing to think about Triple H's retirement is the fact that we have the opportunity to give him his flowers while he's still here. And thankfully, he is here to get those flowers. Yeah, he, he'll get inducted a solo for the third time, uh, which is insane. Uh, he will finally get his solo induction into the Hall of Fame. It may be as soon as next year. I think maybe he and Batista could be double headliners. Isn't it, isn't it second time? No, third, he's in with Evolution and DX. Evolution went in? Didn't they? When did Evolution go in? I don't. I don't think Evolution went in because Batista. That was going to be his his first induction. I know Batista? DX. 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 I went thought in. he went in twice. Whom? No. The only, there's only two, there's only two groups that have gone in. Well, I think three groups, but two two groups in recent years was DX and NWO, not Evolution. I'm confused. I swear to God, I thought he was already a two time inductee. No, because we would hear every single Monday that Randy Orton is a WWE Hall of Famer if that was the case. What the hell am I thinking of? Thinking of then? Hey, who knows? Rick <laughs> is too much. Rick, you need to stop this drinking, buddy. Really? Well, yeah, that's that's for sure. I swear. 
<laughs> whatever. He'll be a three-time uh, Hall of Famer by the time it's all said and done. And and Flair is only a two-time because he's went in with the Horseman and himself. So he's two-time Hall of Famer. Yeah. He would, right. They would be talking about him being a three-time Hall of what Famer. The hell the what, they, there was That's a celebration right. with Evolution at one point, wasn't there? Yeah, that was just some that was just some random episode of I don't SmackDown. Know. I'm when tired. They came it's out. been a long damn week. I don't need any of this bullshit. All right, so Dutch, do you have any like <laughs> really good like Triple H memories? I, I can't. I can't. I can't top that, man. I can't top you forgetting everything. But I'm agreeing with what Sid said. If he said it, it's true. So what were you gonna ask me? Do I have what? Do you have any good? Triple H stories, any any memories, anything that you would like to share during you guys' time working together? Well, I may have talked about it last week when I asked what they had the click. They had the little reunion in Madison Square Garden, and the only one who was ever punished about that, I think I talked about it last week, was Triple H. He was the only one. I'd go to shows, they'd beat him, especially with Jake the Snake. They'd lay that snake all over him, and he'd have to lay there and take it. And that went on. It didn't go on like a week or two weeks, or three. it went on for about six months. So and he, he looked at those lights for six months. And I guess that told everybody else, hey, don't, don't act on your own out there in the ring. And what made it even worse, it was in Madison Square Garden. That's what made it worse. And Vince didn't forget it. it took him six months to forget it. And that may have been how him and uh, Stephanie met. Because Stephanie may have got feeling bad, sorry for him. And that's how they met. See? Rick, sit, quit sitting there like Nostradamus and trying to come up with some out of the world comment. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm thinking about. I don't know. I just had a massive. Well, we've, we've already established that your dementia is kicking in. Well, I don't know what else we have to establish here. I mean, Rick, I got to know something. Buddy. I got to know something. I got a history of it. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, do you remember trying to wrestle about three, four months ago, five? Yes, I do. Do you remember that? Yes. How's that wrestling career coming along? I had to retire. Now, this is just an update. You had to what? I had to, I had to retire. Yeah. What, what happened? I'm back. <laughs> so that was a health scare or you just stepped out? No, Did a doctor I, I, tell you to stop? No, I told myself to stop because what am I doing? I'm thirty, about to turn thirty-four years old. I'm doing this on the freaking weekends. I don't need to. I, no, I don't need my back hurt. <laughs> I would rather be able to play golf on a weekend and pick up my daughter than than wrestle in a freaking arena for fifteen people. That's just. It was so why didn't you? Why didn't you get? Wait a minute. Why didn't you get your gimmick where you didn't have to take any kind of bumps or anything? I work enough as it you is. I don't need to go out there and do all that crap. <laughs> then why did you start it? Because I wanted to learn more about the business. Okay. Okay. All right. I guess. I guess. All right. So, Sid, I'm you, okay. you, Sid, you live in New York. You guys get a lot of really big shows. Yes. You've got to see a lot of great uh, Triple H moments. Do you have any uh, good ones that you've uh, that you were there for? 
Uh, well, I was, I, I think I said this last week, I was there live for the curtain call. That was my very first live event that I went to at Madison Square Garden for my eighth birthday. I was also there live for Triple H's return in Madison Square Garden in 2002. And I just remember the, the beautiful day vignettes, probably the best like hyping up of a, a return from injury that WWE ever done as far as like production. And as far as this was a guy that he, when he left, he was one of the most hated superstars in the entire company. And through those vignettes, they got you to sympathize with him, to understand the journey that he went on, to understand how much he, how much work it took to get back into the ring. So someone like me that always hated Triple H, I was always a rock guy. I found myself sucked into that moment. I'm sitting there with my mom, and as soon as that, that first riff of time to play the game hits, I got on my feet and I was cheering with everybody else inside Madison Square Garden and my mom who knew I was a rock guy and knew I hated Triple H was like why are you cheering for him you're supposed to you hate this guy I was like but he's back it's the game I was just so excited and into the moment because I knew of the work that it took for him to get back so that's one of my favorite memories of Triple H and just all all the kind of different characters and different variations and i said this earlier on the breaking news story there had been no one in history that has a better catalog of theme songs than triple h no. my time is a classic and underappreciated my, my time to play the game one of the greats uh king of kings the dx theme the evolution theme the list goes on and on no one's has that type of catalog of theme songs like triple h and he's a part of some of the most important and influential groups in wrestling history between backstage groups like the click d generation x probably the the greatest and biggest faction in wwe history uh evolution which was great during the ruthless aggression era and helped out the careers of randy orton and batista helped extend the career of rick flair the authority although i didn't like a lot of the authority they were very important in the rise of daniel bryan in this company as well so and then his imprint on the rest of the roster when you look up and down the roster right now from seth rollins to charlotte flair to becky lynch everybody has been influ influenced by triple h he was the reason why a lot of these independent stars are in the company right now so his legacy is forever going to be there he has his fingerprints all over the wwe currently so i don't know what's going to be bigger when you step back and look at his career his in-ring career or what he's done backstage in the last couple of years that's how important triple h is to the whole entire history of wwe yeah you he, he there's that reputation out there right the man with the golden shovel and and, and burying people and he didn't get he didn't get along with everybody and this that I mean, I mean, I mean, since you said it, I just want to say again, I said this on breaking news. I still will never forgive you, Triple H, for what you did to Booker T at WrestleMania 19. And yes, I am still Kanye West and he is George W. Bush. Triple H don't like black people because he <laughs> pedigreed Booker T and it took him 23 seconds to pin him. But at the end of the day, I can't deny his legacy and what how important he's been to the entire industry. Yeah. And you saw that on social media today like everybody whether you're talking about stars that are currently in independent workers stars that are in wwe aew just out of the woodworks you know to just take time out of their day uh to talk about what triple h meant to them and how or how they helped him and you know that's that's the mark that you're doing something right all right it, i mean 
okay ryback was like the only one who had like a negative comment today and he's an idiot so you know that it is what it is let's, on let's not level. even mention that man please <laughs> let's not let's not give him any attention or rick you're gonna get blocked yeah <laughs> oh please wait hold on does that mean i don't have to recap smackdown because i could just say his name over and over again until you give me the ban hammer <laughs> i'll be completely honest with you but no, no i'm talking about him blocking you for saying something about him. oh like i give a shit uh anyway <laughs> please I, I i feel like i feel like i'm the only person he hasn't blocked at this point i don't know how he has a million point four followers to be completely honest with you but for me like when we talked about scott hall like he scott hall was like the definition of cool right for me it was always triple h man like he was so freaking cool mostly because it, it came down to the music and the clothes and the attitude and and degeneration x and he got all the cool shit in wrestling like every great grand entrance in the history if you top like the top 10 entrances in wrestlemania history like eight of them are triple h's like this guy was always cool to me whether he was a good guy whether he was a bad guy and even when he put on the, shaved his head and put on the damn suit i'm like dude still pulls it off he's just so damn you know cool to me and this was a guy like even anti-authority or the authority i i was always a fan of triple h's even when everybody hated him there was just something about him that i couldn't hate i don't know what it was like maybe that was i I always felt like i was the guy who was like i don't know i kind of like triple h and everybody was like just give me crap about it but yeah no i'm it, it sucks that he's not going to get a chance to yes and that's the other thing you want to talk about toughness brenda i mean this guy tore a peck and finished a match he tore his quad and finished a match the guy is just a consummate professional in the ring and it it's honestly it sucks that we're never going to see him again but again at the end of the day the most important thing the most important thing is that he's alive he's he's well and he's going to be there for his family for uh years to come at this point and one day he'll be a three-time inductee into the hall of fame i don't know what the hell i was thinking all right we've stalled enough let's dive into smackdown tonight good open to the show Good open to the show with uh, Brock. Yeah, better close. Bro, Brock better close, though. Breaking into Roman's locker room, going, oh, this is nice. It's not what I get, but it's nice. And then he's eating grapes and basically saying F Roman's table as he puts his foot through it. And they set up this whole thing throughout the night. We get, you know, Roman doing the whole what is it? The, what, what do you call it? The video call-in conference thing. He's sitting there saying, hey, you better get the hell out of my locker room before I get there. And then Roman never even goes into the damn locker room. He goes straight out to the ring. He calls Brock out there. Brock comes out there. And what does he do? He beats the hell out of security guards like he always does. So I, I think that kind of sums up where SmackDown was tonight, uh, Dutch. And when the best things were Brock eating Buddy, security guard. He whipped he those little security guards for that chair. God, he beat the crap out of them. I didn't think somebody was going to get up, even though it was flat. It was, it was in there. So I think if they brought me WWE, said, "Oh, we're going to have you be a security guard and try to pull block off somebody," I'd have to walk out. So hell no, <laughs> he beat the crap out of me. But anyway, it was, it was what it was. Which I like Brock Lee. I, I like. Uh, Roman leaving and uh, Usos leaving, but yet there was something else that needed to be done. I don't know exactly what it is. So that was that was flat when we finished. It was the lead up was good, I guess, 
because you was expecting something and you didn't get it. I mean, they built and you don't even know what you're expecting. Yeah, you don't even know what you're expecting. But it was more than just leaving. Yeah, they built the whole show around Brock ninja kicking some security guards and hitting them with a with a chair, which is something that we have we have seen at Nazareth. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. Sid, but it was a maintenance show. I don't know what else they could have done anyway. I mean, isn't that their job to come up with something? Well, supposed to be. I mean, that's what they hired for. I I thought that was what they're supposed to do. I mean, yeah, you guys were a lot more entertained (laughs) by all of this than I was. I I found Brock going into the the, uh, Roman's locker room like he was Rick James coming into Charlie Murphy's house. I found that very entertaining. I found Brock. Brock as a babyface is just great. But this these segments, there was nothing to it. It was very lazy. I feel like I've seen all these segments before. I've seen Brock beat up a vehicle last week. I've seen Brock beat up security three weeks ago. And both of those times, it was better than tonight. The fact that this was in Brooklyn at Barclays Center, one of WWE's major markets, and the whole show was booked around building to Brock, beating up a bunch of security, and Roman, who was this this powerful heel, a complex heel, who, yeah, he had tendencies to be a heel and not fight when he, you know, when he doesn't want to, when he, he only likes to fight when he gets paid, but he was never a cowardly heel. And over the last couple of weeks, they have transformed Roman Reigns, one of the best heel characters they have they have had, into a regular chicken shit heel who runs away from Brock Lesnar. And yes, it's Brock Lesnar. It's understandable if you want to run away, but that's not the Roman Reigns character. I had rather than him throw the Usos at Brock than him running away, him looking scared when Brock showed up. It's just, yeah, it's just like I, I'm, I, I was into this feud two weeks ago more than i am now honestly you know what the scary part about all this is is there's actually been less time between this year's royal rumble and wrestlemania than what typically is the royal rumble was later this year than when we normally get it could you imagine the build up to wrestlemania this year if we had like three or four more weeks of this (laughs) i mean they're out of stuff to do now like what are we gonna they're already basically giving us wrestlemania smackdown again next week because they don't have anything else to do like this might have been like the last segment honestly that we see between roman reigns and brock lesnar i would not be surprised if they're not on smackdown next week and we just get a promo package leading up to the rest of my weekend well i think i think you're correct because they're going to be on raw and raw was billed as their oh, yeah. final time going face to face i forgot about that there's nothing le- there's nothing left to do what can they do Brock beats beats him up, okay, and he, if he beats Brock up, uh, it's not going to change anything. I would, have, I would have Lesnar get a hold of Heyman. I think that's the only thing that hasn't really happened that you can do. Honestly, at this point, are you saving? Are you? I mean, because Brock has threatened to kick Roman's ass and Paul Heyman's ass. Are we expecting that to both happen at WrestleMania? And that's what might might cost him the championship in the end as he takes his eye off the prize and tries to kick the crap out of Paul Heyman. Like, is that is that the finish that might end up happening here? But if that if that's the finish, okay, you save it. If not, I'm having to beat the crap out of giving. I think that's the finish. Uh, what's the, what's the fi- 
What's the finish in WrestleMania? The finish is the same finish to Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk at SummerSlam 2013 when Punk wanted to get revenge on Paul Heyman. He got distracted with Heyman, puts him in the Anaconda Vice, and then Brock comes from behind, hits him with a chair, gives him the F5. Except Brock is going to be CM Punk in this situation, and Roman's going to come from behind, probably hit him with a title belt or a chair. Then Superman punch, Superman punch, Superman punch, spear, 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 one, two, three. Roman Wayne's walks out as the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and when he lets when he lets go, that's when the crowd drops. That's when they they lose him right there. Oh, they're popping and grabs him. But Heyman is really still very instrumental. In this whole angle, they need something. They need to reach out, like Rick said, and pull Heyman in. I don't know if they're stuck, but we'll see. Whatever they do, we'll we'll see. Because the fans are the judges anyway, and they'll determine whether it gets over or not. I know exactly what the finish is going to be. It's going to be whatever. No, you don't. Yes, I do. It's going to be whatever Roman Reigns says it's going to be on on Monday. Whatever Roman Reigns says he is going to do on Brock to Brock Lesnar on Monday is what is going to happen on Sunday because they did this last year. They literally spoiled the main event of WrestleMania 37. Roman Reigns told you exactly what was going to happen. And that's I mean, they spoiled they spoiled the Undertaker streak being ended. Like this is what Heyman Heyman guys do. They spoil the finishes to WrestleMania matches. <laughs> So we shall but, see. But where does that come? Where does that come from? It's got to come from creative. Yes. I mean, basically, I guess towards so. the fans who are smart enough and pays attention, or maybe it, it doesn't, <laughs> because if they already tell you what the hell is going to happen. All right. So the first match, well, we, the first match we saw tonight was Nakamura beating Jay Uso. Pretty solid opener. I mean, you got two talented guys here. Crowd was into it. That's the most important thing. Some shenanigans here, which was nothing more than we ain't paying Bugs and Jimmy to do nothing. Because, I mean, nothing really mattered. You didn't need that that at all. But any any comments, concerns on the first match of the night? All right, moving on. That would be, by the way, if you're counting the first champion who got pinned uh, tonight. We get a Drew and Corbin promo, highlight packages, good stuff. You know, you guys got to reminisce about bum-ass Corbin, which you guys liked that I didn't really like. But It's much better than Let me ask you that. Was was bum-ass Corbin more entertaining than what they got now? I think they're both equally entertaining. I think they're both. The Bumash Corbin was kind of, he was, he was to me. Okay. I think he was more entertaining. So, so this guy here is irritating. It's like turn the channel off. Rick, you do realize. It's not him, it's what they're, te- they're, they're telling him to do that. Oh, yeah. but no, I don't know. I've, I've always been a Baron Corbin guy, but they have never had him do anything that is. 
you defended Baron Corbin more when he was King Corbin than any of the other iterations, which was probably the worst version of Corbin outside of Constable Corbin. Um, but bum-ass Corbin, literally everyone except for you agrees that was the most entertaining that he was. Like, I saw I saw at least like 10 or 11 tweets from people that were like, that bum-ass Corbin character was the best thing. Why did it not last longer? It only lasted about like a month and a half. I wish it lasted way, way longer. Felt like it lasted. And they had a lot more. They had a lot more room to move in that too. Why did they go with this jokester Corbin? I have no Nowhere. idea at this point. I'm. I would not be surprised if he ends up beating Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania in some way, shape, or form because they keep building him as the the undefeated happy Corbin. I think they're setting him up for something, whether it's an intercontinental title shot or whether yeah, they're, they're going to have him go to out. Beat, to beat him. They're going to have him do to something. Him. That's right. But Roman undefeated. So thank thank you, Dutch. I it's clear I, I it's clear as day to me that they're just promoting him as undefeated. So Drew McIntyre actually beat somebody because Drew, Mac, Drew McIntyre yeah. is the same guy that beat Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania. He's the same guy that was in the WWE title match last year. Two or three years ago, he was the same guy that was versing Roman Reigns, who just came off of leukemia. This is a step down in quality of opponents, ladies and gentlemen. So they need to make this means something so at least it means he beats the undefeated happy corbin yeah but happy corbin you know something we had talked about what is up? cody gonna be on this card is cody Rhodes gonna be on this card i think he will yes you got a lot of attention for your comments on cody last week dutch yeah yeah i think cody will and, be as it should be yeah, I think Cody Rhodes will be wrestling Seth Rollins at some point. I think they're going to add some matches to this card. There's got to be something in the works because there's only 11 matches that are booked right now, 11 matches in one segment. And the segment right now is the front runner, I guess, to, to headline night one, night one of WrestleMania at this point. Um, they're going to add more. Something has to be in the works because they felt the need tonight to go ahead and state that neither the United States Championship or the Intercontinental title is going to be defended at WrestleMania. They put Damian Priest and Finn Balor in the freaking Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Unless they use that match to set up a match between them, which is dumb. You could have just booked a damn match in the first place. But Ricochet with the, the IC title triple threat next week on WrestleMania SmackDown. Guys, there's only one... We're, we're talking about 11 matches, probably adding two more because Omos and uh, Lashley is rumored to be added to the card. So there's going to be 13 matches. Only one match involves a men's singles title at WrestleMania. That, is that not insane mm. to anybody else? Like, seriously. That is insane. Am I the only one that's, that's like, somewhat outraged by this? I feel like I am. I'm, I'm the only Pretty one who gives a shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. Like I, when I saw that, when I saw Finn Balor in that you in that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I was just like, why am I not surprised? Like I literally wrote an article today for SportsHeated.com where I said one of the most confusing parts of this WrestleMania 38 buildup is the fact that Pat McAfee, Johnny Knoxville, and Logan Paul have matches, yet Seth Rollins, Ricochet, and Finn Balor don't. Like it's very confusing, but it really tells you 
what they prioritize. They prioritize celebrities and outside stars that will get them fans that are not us, not the hardcore yep. wrestling fans. They want the mainstream coverage for WrestleMania. And this is something that they've done since the very first WrestleMania that had Mr. T in the main event. It had Muhammad Ali as an outside referee, had Liberace being the, t- the timekeeper. This has been going on for 38 years, so it shouldn't be surprising <laughs> to anyone that the U.S. champion and the Intercontinental champion are not on this card, yet the host of Jackass and a social media star are. And a commentator. As good as Pat McAfee is, he's got a spot. And but honestly, you have to say that Johnny Knoxville has a lot more people who know what, who he is than some of these guys. I get it. So we can understand. And, and, and I think that match is going to be good. I really do. That, that's no, they got that's a lot of stuff up. to draw on. And he's, he's done all this crazy stuff. They're going to do some crazy stuff. And I think it'll be good. May not be a wrestling masterpiece, but it'll be good. I mean, I get it. And and that's why it's going to be, you know, no holds barred or no DQ or whatever. Anything goes, match, whatever the hell they're going to call it. They're all the same thing. And that's going to mask any deficiencies that Johnny Knoxville has in the ring. They're going to do some stupid shit. And it gives actually Johnny Knoxville a chance to to win this match and not have well, we it have to do terribly much. We don't we don't call it stupid shit, Rick. We call it entertaining content. That's what we call right. it. Sports entertainment. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. You know what I do hate? I hate that Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I think I think Battle Royal suck to begin with. <laughs> I hate them. So they put it on Cesaro one year, and he did nothing. And that's the thing. That's so what's the purpose of winning? That was all it's meaningless. It is. That was legitimately the only time the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal actually meant something was the first time Cesaro won it, and they literally ruined it the very next day by taking Dutch away from Cesaro and replacing him with Paul Heyman, who was going to be the most hated person in the company because he was kept yep. reminding them about the takers ending ending the takers taker streak. Yeah, that, and that's what they told me. I was wanting to be hated. I said, well, I can't help that, but I think I, I had as much heat then as Heyman did, I thought. He was just very well known. I don't know. I, I, I didn't argue with him because you can't win, so pick your battles. Mar asking, uh, but I told him, I said, pick the phone, I said, pick the phone up and call Ricky Chino. Well, He'll straighten your asses out real quick. I, and I still even knew you, Rick. Kamara I was asking, hoping you'd take my side. What's Kamara, that say? Kamara asking when the last time they didn't have the U.S. or IC title at WrestleMania. I'm not sure. I, I do know that the Intercontinental title... I was a science city. Yeah, when, when was that? Sid would know. Happened, Sid? You would know. I, I know there was like an eight-year period from like when they had like the Money in the Bank. There would always be the IC champion in the Money in the Bank, and it was like an eight-year period where the IC title wasn't defended at WrestleMania. I think the last time it wasn't defended in this era would technically be WrestleMania 33 because it was on the pre-show with Baron Corbin versus Dean Ambrose, or if you go. Yeah, if you go if you go back from that, I believe I want to say WrestleMania 
30 was the last time after that the Intercontinental title wasn't defended on a WrestleMania. The U.S. title, um, yeah, it's been it's been a while. The U.S. title is usually always defended at WrestleMania, it seems, over the Intercontinental title for a while. So, yeah. And and Dutch, I get what you're saying, and I and look, I'm not I'm not mad that Logan Paul is on this card. I'm not mad that Johnny Knoxville is on this card. I'm not mad that Pat McAfee's on this card. All of those are smart booking decisions to get different audiences to tune into the show. What I'm saying is, it's a two night event where you can have up to yeah. 16 or 20 matches if you really want to. There's no excuse on the card. Well, in that last statement, you're absolutely correct because they're not even they're not even tied to a time limit. They can start at twelve o'clock and end at twelve o'clock at night if they wanted to. But I, ju- I just I remember it, it was also WrestleMania 30 that the U.S. title wasn't defended because Dean Ambrose was the U.S. champion and he was in a six-man tag. Man, did they? See, I told you he's now he's in AEW now. Jesus. Rick, you're not really going in a trivia contest with Sid, are you? Did uh, he do I, that? I am actually. This Did you stop him, Sid? Uh, we're we're oh, going to see. We're going to see on Sunday. Watch us on Sunday, Dutch. I'll study. I'll get, I'll get my study in. Then. Don't worry. I'll I'll make sure to put up a good showing. Hey, I'm undefeated. I'm just saying. I'm 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 undefeated in singles competition. In singles competition. So is Corbin. So is Corbin. Because you'd lose it here at WrestleMania. Oh, man. I Sid was... is going to kill you. Sid is going to kill you. Actually, Brock Jordan is actually right because it was supposed to be defended at WrestleMania 36, but I think it was COVID protocol. Andrade got pulled from the card, so he's actually right there. Oh. The U.S. title was supposed to be defended at WrestleMania 36, but it got pulled. I know when the last time it was defended on a pay-per-view period... And that was the Nigerian drum fight last year. So it's going to go a full calendar year without being defended on a pay-per-view. And WWE is about to unify both of their men's world titles into one. So at some point, they got to start booking these titles like they freaking matter because all they are telling the fans don't don't matter. So why do you think they confuse themselves? They confuse themselves over these titles. I don't even think if you ask creative who has the title and who who the champions are, they might might not even know. I I wouldn't doubt it if they did. Didn't. It's evident by the way they're booked. You guys remember when everybody was excited that Ricochet won the IC championship and thought he was being groomed to be the number the number two baby face? Yeah, that was good times. Long time ago. (laughs) Like three weeks ago. That was long, long time ago. Well, I was happy for him, but I I didn't have any long term thoughts on his success. If they can screw up everything, it all comes down to the roster. And so, this is something that we talked about. Okay, you put the IC title on Ricochet. Well, now he needs an opponent. You look up and down the roster, it's so thin. Everybody's booked except for Los Lotharios. Well, except for the guys who are involved with the New Day. And, and, you know, Sheamus's crew, like you could put them in a match, I guess, but I there looks like they're going to do a tag match. So I don't freaking know what the hell's going on there. That That's not even been booked yet. We may not even have New Day well, I, or Butch or anybody on this damn card. Well, I expect a big push for Butch. That's what I expect. Don't you, don't you see it? 
I think he could be a main eventer right off the bat. Yep. I see I see them really caring about Come Butch. on, Sid, react react one way or the other. <laughs> no, I said I said really? I really see I really see Rick that. is sitting there saying uh yeah. Rick is sitting there saying is he serious? What the I, hell is he coming up with now? Okay. I can but tell that if it's your career too early, you could be in here. I can tell they have big plans for Butch because they've literally had him do nothing for three weeks since coming up. He just stands there. Uh, tonight, by the way, that entire segment lasted all of what, two minutes? And the ring announcer botched King's King return. <laughs> it's a, a, a simple mistake. It happens. Shit happens. I'm not blaming her. Like, I'm not saying she needs to be fired or anything. It's a mistake. It happens. What, what, did, what, did, what did she do? She said, making making his way to the ring, Kofi, uh, accompanied by King Woods, Kofi Kingston. And King Woods wasn't out there. And then Kofi was like, oh, yeah. hey, you ain't wrestling me. You're wrestling this guy. I'm going to keep my lines because it's supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> and then <not laughs> King Woods. So the, the ring announcer botches his return. And then WWE botches his return because his big match against Ridge Holland lasted all about what? 47 seconds. He beat, he beat him with the, the inside cradle, which I did pop when Xavier Woods said that it was his best move. It's unbeatable. No, no one ever kicks out of that. But this was, I mean, Xavier Woods' return deserved a lot more than this. This was this was nothing. Absolutely no. Like people were genuinely excited to see the guy. And then he was gone before you know it. Mm. I looked down and I, I didn't see the whole match. I missed the I missed the whole match. I looked down for a second to tweet. I, I did too. I said, <laughs> you know, it's got to go at least five. I was right. And you do some rap to come back, it's over. I was literally writing the note. Well, my light's too bright. I was writing the note that said, ring announcer botches Woods return, and then the bell rang. And I'm like, what the hell? There are probably people in this chat right now who went to the damn bathroom and missed the entire freaking segment. I'm assuming this is going to set something up. Maybe not for WrestleMania, but I guess WrestleMania SmackDown, maybe. I don't know. It Seriously, would it have been so hard to take these guys after, after E's injury? Would it have been so hard to pivot and do some kind of intercontinental title multi-man match with these dudes and Ricochet at WrestleMania? Like, would it have been so hard to just do that? But I guess you got to actually, like, give a shit about that. Well, I, I'm mainly trying to extend the match, not, con, you know, condense it, putting a six-man tag in there. You'll be taking at least two matches out. That's what I think they're doing. But they don't have it, like you said, Rick. They don't have any need to do that. Not tied by a time limit or number of matches either. So unless they're going to add them all this week, and they could. They could. I would not be surprised if there's a few last-minute matches. Because I really don't think they're going to do six or seven matches a night max. I think they could get to eight if they wanted to. But last year they had eight, and every match was like nine minutes or less. So maybe they're trying to extend some of the matches because, you know, they're going to fill it with a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I literally got into this debate with you on social media. If you it wasn't get, a debate. if you get because you you told me that they are not gonna do a 15 minute Hall of Fame ceremony. I am sorry. I've never seen the Undertaker make it to the ring in less than 10 minutes. 
like do his old entrance. He's he Dutch. Do you think that that Vince McMahon is going to miss out on the opportunity to have the Undertaker do one final entrance in front of the live fans at in Dallas, his home state of Texas, at WrestleMania? And that's a long walk, way too, buddy. Exactly. That's a long walk. This is going to be the longest Hall of Fame ceremony that they've ever done at a WrestleMania because you'll have Charmel do her wave. You'll have, you know, someone representing representing Vader do their wave. You'll have someone representing Chad, JTG, and the, his wife see, doing the wave for the mm-hmm. Warrior Award. And then the lights will go out. And Undertaker is going to do a full entrance because it's going to be one final time. He walks down the aisle at WrestleMania, and that's at least 10, 15 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. This going to be it's going to be a long <laughs> Hall of Fame ceremony. I frankly can't. And wait. I'm fine with that. I finally, yeah, I'm fine I, with it too. I honestly can't wait for that because that'll be the perfect time for me to run and get a, a cup of coffee or something while I'm in the press box uh, down there at Dallas. Can't wait for that. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I, I will tell everybody I was at WrestleMania 34 when um, John Cena and Undertaker had their match. And because I was at WrestleMania 33 and I got to see the Undertaker retire properly, you know, leave his leave his hat and his coat in the ring and, you know, go out. And everybody was so emotional then. The fact when Undertaker was... When that bell tolled and I knew Undertaker was coming out to burst John Cena, I sprinted to the to the concession stand because I didn't want to watch it. I don't want to watch. I I understand there's a lot of people that just want to see one Undertaker entrance. That's like they go to WrestleMania to just see the Undertaker entrance. I was over it after WrestleMania 33 because he ended his career perfectly and then came back. And everybody told me, "Oh no, he's just coming back to make good on it." I was like, "No, he's gonna keep coming back." And I, what happened? Yeah, but wrestlers don't ever quit when they're supposed to quit. They keep coming back. They work that retirement over and over and over again. They're worse than rock bands. Rock bands retire. Kiss retired. They had like 400 reunion concerts. Oh, we're back for one more tour. Shit, man. The Rolling Stones are still playing for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Did they ever retire? Uh, you know, no, I, I, don't think I think the only taker entrance I've actually ever been live for was when he was the American badass and he drove in on a motorcycle. Can we get that entrance at rest? Oh, that? That'll, that'll cut some time down. Man, when they did that, when I saw that, I said, that sucks. To go from the Undertaker gimmick to that biker gimmick, because he loves bikes anyway. He's got tattoos. He loves that crap. But I don't think the, the fans liked it. He never got over. How long did he keep that biker gimmick? A few years. Less than a year, right? No, he went. He, he went kept it that long. He went four years. He, he went four years with it. He went. He came back. Yeah, but nobody. Uh, tell me a uh, tell me a match you remember during the biker years. Uh, the you Jeff Hardy, the Jeff matches, Hardy right? ladder match. The Jeff yeah. Hardy ladder match in two thousand two. Well, you would. You're you're a historian. Thank no, you. What do you remember, Rick? That, no, that's the one I would have said, too, because that's my one of my favorite matches of all time. And I will die on this hill. It's JR's greatest call of all time. That's, that's just me, personally, my, my opinion on that. Um, all right, so we had uh, Ronda Rousey come down and said, I've, I've been critical of her mic work, but even even when she flubbed tonight, no, you have. I did not mind it. 
I liked this promo from Ronda Rousey tonight. Even when she flubbed, we got to see a little bit of her. We got to see a little bit of her personality. I thought she handled that flub well. I thought her 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 delivery was so much better. It was a little bit more genuine. They just kind of let her be a little bit more of that badass. Yeah, she came down there smiling and, and waving like, you know, Miss America, like she always does. Michael Cole says, Ronda Rousey's on a rampage. Smiling ear to ear as she's waving down the ring. But the actual promo tonight was really good. She and Charlotte didn't say anything. Nothing advanced. It was it was pure time filler. But I thought Rhonda was much better tonight. I enjoyed her segment. I wouldn't love for Charlotte to just say her little line and then just go off the screen. I didn't need them to go back and forth because I think that's when this this segment kind of lost everybody. I don't like the, that they over-rely on the piped-in noise when Rhonda got cheered when she came out. What's the reason to do the piped-in noise if she's getting cheered when you hit our music and she comes down to the ring? Even in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, they cheered her when that music hit. Why are you relying on piped-in noise? But I do agree with you. Rhonda on her own with that promo, I like the little flub because she basically corrected herself. She had one line to say and she was like, no, you know what? It's the SmackDown Championship because it makes no sense to call it the women's championship because there is no SmackDown men's champion. There's the Universal champion. There's the WWE champion. So, yes, Ronda Rousey is going to be the new SmackDown champion at WrestleMania. Are you digging this build between uh, Charlotte and uh, and Ronda Dutch? Because there's a lot of fans out there who just seem like they can't get in. No, it's, it, it, it's like anything else. It's set. What else can they say? Hence, that's why we get moment shows now. They have nothing else to advance it. All they can do is hurt it. If they do one more, like if they touch it, it doesn't help it. it may not hurt it, but it doesn't help it because they're angered a shot. So let's go and do it. I mean, hell, last week felt like the, the what should have been the, the go home of the dang show, which was Charlotte you know, bending Rhonda backwards on the, on the hood of the car. I mean, it's like, all right, now Rhonda should yeah. just want to beat the ever. Was that, the was other two, way? that was two weeks ago. Last week was the power bomb through the table. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, I think the only thing that was missing is the whole segment last week was they, they talked about the segment that Charlotte Flair has a challenge for Ronda Rousey. This whole rivalry has been about either one of them being tapped out. Literally, when they showed the graphic for their match at WrestleMania, they was like, one of these girls are going to tap out. Make it a damn submission match. Yeah. Why Why not? This is the whole story that you're going with. Just make it a submission match. And I think that this it just would make sense. So I, I said, if it makes sense, they probably won't do it. <laughs> so And they haven't done it. Either that or they're just waiting until the last minute. Like, that's the whole big, like, advancement next week is we're going to make this a submission match when you should have made it a submission match three weeks ago. So they're probably just waiting. You know, once all the media is done and everything like that, you know, where they could have given, you know, media folks a talking point or something like that. You know, once all that's out of the way, then they'll change the match and, and get, a, get a few cards around. But, again, just not a whole lot of meat uh, on this. And then comes down to the uh, the controversial part of the night. Remember when I said that we had one champion beat already? Uh, they decided to take their brand new shiny Intercontinental Champion and Ricochet, beat him not once, beat him twice. Granted, 
There was outside interference both times, so they protected him a little bit. Matches were the first match was short and seemed kind of pointless. The second one was good. They actually let Ricochet and Umberto go at one another. And yes, Dutch, I know you're a fan of the finish. I've seen it before. I don't. You I, have not. I you, don't. You just said that. I don't. Who did you say it? I've seen it before. On TV? Yes. Yes. Never seen it. <laughs> Never seen the finish like that. Beat him twice. I I don't I don't understand the love that WWE has for pinning their champions this close to WrestleMania. You had three champions on the so show. Right? At WrestleMania. Huh? So then go over WrestleMania. Ricochet's not even on WrestleMania. <laughs> he lost twice. They're gonna put him on it though. WrestleMania SmackDown. They're gonna put him on it though. They're gonna put him on it. Did you say this, the matches are not booked yet? I would say the United States title has a better chance. I think Ricochet being booked on Friday would, means he's not going to get booked on Saturday or Sunday. But isn't this Ricochet's record anyway? They put something on him and then kill him? That is what That's they his do. MO, right? That is uh, what they actually, did that, when they put the U.S. title on him. That seems to be the M.O. of anybody who holds the Intercontinental Championship, to be completely honest with you, as of late. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, at this point, I loved Ricochet winning the title. I thought it made a ton of sense. And I wasn't, like, for the option of Johnny Knoxville having a possibility to win that championship. I'd much rather just have the damn belt on the card at this point. Like, So, so, so Rick, what you're trying to say is that um, me and Dutch Yeah, I right. was wrong. Oh, yeah, okay. is that what cool. you want to hear, Sid? Yes. I can yes. admit when I was wrong about something. Because thank, WWE, thank you, Sid. Because WWE can't follow through and actually book something that makes sense for Ricochet. So WWE made me wrong. So thank you for that. <laughs> Okay. Let's ex explain how it makes sense to me to yeah. have three champions on the show tonight lose four matches. How does that? They got to they got to show they got to show every week. If they mess it up this week, hopefully they'll try to correct it next week. Yeah, they don't make all of the right calls at all, but they can correct it. And they, to me, they use it like a trimmed down roster with no need. To have that, they got the same guys on the show week after week after week after week. Watching this show, you think you're watching Georgia Championship Wrestling back from 1978 because you only got 16 guys. You're going to see them every week on TV. But then the TV was better because it was only an hour. So I don't know. It's like they got 500 wrestlers. Sitting back, and they cannot. They they, they got to use the same ones every week. Is Seems like to me. Like, Am I wrong? Is Mansoor like injured or something? No, he's at the Royal next week. Okay, so why couldn't we do Mansoor and Ricochet versus Los Lotharios and have at least Ricochet lose a tag match instead of two singles matches with Mansoor taking the pin? 
No, no, no. You had to have Ricochet lose uh, this match, I guess, in their mind. He had to lose this match, but I'd much rather have him lose one tag match than two singles matches. I would I rather swear. have... I, would rather I have swear, I, I would like to have... I'm, I'd like to have you two in front of Vince McMahon right now. And he was saying, God damn it, shut the fuck up. God, you're dropping me. I don't think any of us will last long with WWE creative because you guys trying to make sense. They're creating content, not sense. Because you're in a different, you're in a different business. I like, the, <clears throat> I like the idea of Mansoor losing that match, which gives Ricochet an L, which then they could do the WWE thing of, oh, Ricochet lost. Now he's got to defend the title against Yaya Shiva, blah, blah, and kind of set no. something up with Ricochet and Mansoor moving forward after that. That's not how WWE works. Dude, you don't like that? No, because that's not how WWE works. I don't like it either. Dutch, you know how I, I don't work. Really you know how I work. I like to work in the parameters of what WWE tells us how they work. How they work is to set up a title match, the champion has to lose. Yes. So, the best option right. for him to lose is him to get pinned in a tag match than in two singles matches. And of course, and you can have yep. it where, where both Los Letharios pin him in the tag match, and that's how both of them get the shot next week. It, that would have made so much more really? sense than losing two singles matches. You have to work in the parameters of WWE. Don't work in the parameters of trying to make sense or trying to make great stuff for wrestling fans. Okay. That's not what they're doing. Let me, let me ask you something else, both of you. They're kissing the girl. Or it's the same girl or not? Where is that leading? Nowhere? No, I, I actually know the girl's the name. Kid. That, was, that was Layla Gray because she's been on AEW, uh, AEW Dark on a few okay. weeks out. That was Layla Gray. She's she's different from and, the girl and, that the previous she used. And, and, and Rick told me that. But they look up to me. Is that little... They were on screen long. Looks like the same girl to me. So I made a common mistake, I guess. But... That uh, gimmick could go somewhere. Last week was Caitlin Alexis, by the way, and the week before that it was Kayla Sparks. It doesn't matter. It's a girl. <laughs> it's a girl. So let's get one of them in there. It, it would help them, I think. I have no idea where it's going. So there's, a lot of, there's, a lot, there's a lot of potential to those Lotharios. There's a lot of potential to those guys. Sure there is. A lot. Both really, really talented. Yes. I don't think either one of them is winning the Intercontinental title next week, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did at this point, crying out loud, because nothing matters with the Intercontinental Championship. Let me ask you a question, because I did enjoy the Fatal 4-Way tonight, but Sid, why did why did Zelina have to take this L? You had, you had Shayna Baszler right there, whose credibility is basically shot at this point, who has taken loss after loss over the last year and a half. Did, was Zelina the one who had to lose this match to just complete the, the trifecta of having all the champions who competed on the show lose tonight? To be fair, Shayna Baszler has only lost singles matches that set up her when she was the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion to set up, you know, tag team matches because 
like I said, that's how WWE works. She hasn't really lost singles matches when she's not been a champion. So I don't want her to lose here. I totally understood that. Rhea Ripley shouldn't be losing here either. Yes, it was Zelina. Zelina was its object of elimination because, one, she's the champion, and that's what they do here is the champion has to lose to build up to the matchup at the pay-per-view. And, two, Zelina Vega is from New York City, and the show was in Brooklyn, so she has to lose there too. So, well, at least she got to compete tonight. So I guess that's that's better. But the last time that Zelina actually won a damn match was January 3rd. That's when they beat Nikki and Rhea to retain the tag team championships. That's the last win that Queen Zelina has heading into WrestleMania. And Carmella, by the way, her last win. Oh, yeah, it was the exact same day. Neither one of them have won a match heading into WrestleMania since before the Royal Rumble. Just a great way to book the, the women's tag team championships. They'll probably win next weekend, to be completely honest with you. That, that might be how they set that up. But honestly, I did think this was a fun match. I thought Sasha crushed it. She was hitting all, she was hitting all the double moves tonight, and I'm freaking here for it. Double backstabbers, double bank statements. I had a lot of fun watching this match, even if I can nitpick the ending just a little better. This was the best part of the show. This was the best match on the show. This was this got over Sasha Banks in a win. I think Sasha was the right choice to win here. Like I said, out of the options that were available, yeah, Zelina was the best option to lose here. Unless it was it was Liv Morgan instead of Rhea Ripley or Natalia instead of yeah. Shayna Baszler, then the out of the options that way. No, they didn't book it that way. So they out of the have. option, out of the options that were available. Zelina was the right choice. To me, it looked like, to me, it looked like they had a bunch of girls. I said, "What? Put them all in there together. Put them all in there, and that's what they did. Not a lot of planning going into that. Just put them on the show, and that's what they did. Yeah. Actually, the match was much better than what I thought it would be. Oh, I, I knew it. So, I knew it. They gave him time. Uh, we ready? Uh, we ready to talk about Rampage yet? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I flipped my note card over. <laughs> okay, it, is, it is Sid's time to shine. We open up with Lance Archer actually losing to Dustin Rhodes. I should have saw that one coming. Lance Archer hits his head on the exposed turnbuckle, which, of course, he set up. So that's never do that, Lance Archer. But uh, he ends up destroying everybody afterwards. Dustin Rhodes gets bloodied open. Dutch, I know you had it at least in the comments section of our pre-show chat. You took issue with that a little too much blood tonight. No, I didn't take issue with it. I'm saying you're not going to see that on SmackDown. Oh hell no! Oh hell to the no! Not unless it's an accident. That's what I was. Case, that's what I was saying. And somebody asked me, says, do, do, "Do you approve of it or not?" I said, "Well, yeah, it's it's not used too much. It's fine." But you you won't see that on SmackDown because they just don't do that. What did you yeah. think of the opener there, Sid? He had to have Rhodes bleeding on the show because it's been too long since we had a, one of the Rhodes family. Either Rhodes or some highways, highways and Rhodes. 
Okay. There you go. There you go. I like I like Dustin using the crossroads as a tribute to his brother as well. Um, Lance Archer, you should know the biggest lesson in professional wrestling. Don't take out the thumbtacks bag because you're probably gonna go into the thumbtacks. Don't set up the table because you'll probably go through the table and don't expose the turnbuckle or don't have anybody you're associated with expose the turnbuckle because you're probably gonna eat that turnbuckle. So he learned a lesson here. I like Dustin getting the win to give him some bit of credibility, but even better was Lance Archer immediately getting his heat back and destroying the entire Rhodes family dojo students and then putting Dustin through the table. I thought this was effective in making Lance Archer look like a monster that he is that really didn't care about losing and doesn't care about that. He just cares about destroying everybody. I think he did kind of care because it rocketed him. It, it, this loss is going to rocket him down the, the the rankings. And commentary even said that he's yeah. like he's he's pissed because he he's going to lose his number one ranking after after winning, which wasn't necessary. So having Dustin, which you protected Lance Archer in this case, but I mean Lance loses a ton of matches anyway. He's you know he's basically AEW's version of Kane at this point. He's unbeatable until he loses. Uh, but you know he gets protected a little bit by hitting the turnbuckle, so it allows Dustin to pick up the win, and it's a necessary because Lance Archer shouldn't be ranked number one anyway, so it's going to drop him back down. I have no problem with this. I thought this was a really entertaining open. Not nearly as entertaining as uh, Fuego getting murdered by House of Black, though. That was... <laughs> Poor Fuego. Fuego, you my boy. I've interviewed Fuego on True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I have a lot of appreciation for Fuego and how far he's come and getting a contract with AEW. But my dude... Why you why you ask for an ass whooping? Why you gonna call out three men? You called out three men and you expected not to get murked? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he was expecting the dark order to help him out before he got his ass kicked and not not after. Great promo though, Dutch. But actually I think I, I think it helped him. Oh because he got noticed. He's got him out and if he wasn't bad, so he gets killed. So but now, these two people know him for something. You know, I've seen him before, so, but this kind of, I think it raised him, even by getting beat. He's not supposed to win anyway. So now he's got guts. So, they give him something. And this has kind of been his care. I mean, he, he went after Miro time and time again, you know, and just always got his ass kicked, but he never really it stopped him. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of endearing in a way like people will gravitate toward that like yeah this guy is the ultimate underdog he's gonna get his ass beat but he's gonna get back up and he's gonna go try it again and i love this part and people 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 will like that people are like the guy that's got guts he's got, he's, he's over with the people because he's, yeah, he's, he's a he's a fighter he's like you might whip his ass so he'll fight you yeah he's like steve rogers before he got the serum <laughs> Very true. Very you know, true. I'm right. You know, but I like I love House of Black's entrance, but I love them just the lights going out and then the individual spotlights. That was great. Uh but the only thing that sucked about this was they didn't turn the house lights up in time to see Buddy Murphy actually like start the attack. So he's just like kind of punching Fuego in the dark there before the lights came up. But that was that was really the only uh the only thing there. Um I like the confrontation with the Dark Order setting something up that's a that's a little bit new moving forward excited to see where that goes the other thing that i really liked here sid 
was the backstage interview with Scorpio Sky, Dan Lambert, and Ethan Page, and them taking away the TNT Open Challenge. Typically, I hate this when heels do this, but it actually made sense for Scorpio Sky to do it. He's not doing it because he's afraid to defend the championship and he would just rather be uh, just hold the belt and walk out and look pretty every week. He's pissed off that it took a year for him to earn this championship opportunity while other people who were not as worthy as him in his eyes stepped in front of him time and time and time and time again. So he's saying, look, you want to challenge me? Okay, cool. You go out there and earn it first. I think this makes a ton of sense, and I love it from a storyline standpoint. This is another group that I don't feel needs a manager. I think Dan Lambert's stick works for him, and it should work for somebody that doesn't need doesn't that needs a talker. The Ethan Page, in a couple of lines, he proves why he's one of the most underrated promo guys on this roster. And Scorpio's guy has charisma. I love the little snap of the fingers to end every segment. I love that. His look, he looks like a champion right now. So I want them to do more and give them more opportunities to speak. They don't need Dan Lambert. I like this act on his own. And I like the, the logic behind them ending the TNT Open Challenge. It made a lot of sense. Dutch, when when you have a talent like a Scorpio Sky or an Ethan Page or even a Nyla Rose, who can talk, but they give them a mouthpiece, I, I don't understand. You know why? I don't why- get it. I don't get it. I mean, I, I was listening to these guys now. They don't need. They're better than Lambert. They're a lot better than Lambert. I never. We had Lambert in TNA, and I don't really know why. I think he worked some kind of deal with him about his school. I'm sure he did some kind of the same deal here because he runs that he runs that school in Miami or wherever it is. But and he loves professional wrestling, he's a good guy, but I don't I, he didn't really serve a role with that at all. Those guys can talk for themselves. And even uh, Nyla Rose, she didn't need Vicky to talk for her at all. So that's just one of the things that I don't understand there, but it's their company. I mean, it's not hurting anything, but I don't think they're using the talent to their to their full potential. Yeah, it's 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 not necessary. Like right, like like you said, it doesn't it doesn't hurt anything to have. Well, okay, sometimes it hurts to have Dan Lambert out there on a microphone, but yeah, like it, it's just not necessary. I mean, I know you want to have Dan Lambert out there, and, it's, and Dan Lambert can cut a good promo, but. Put him with somebody else. Put him with somebody else who actually needs some help. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I love this segment tonight. Moves the story along great. Sid, I did while we're talking about Nyla Rose here, she cut a fantastic promo where she's sitting there saying, look, the, the, the disrespect, what I did to Thunder Rosa, that was the damn point. And basically telling all the all us, you know, wrestling fans out here to shut up, Marks, basically. Do you feel any differently about what they did to Thunder Rosa on Wednesday after hearing Nyla tonight? No, this reaffirmed what I thought on Wednesday that Nyla doesn't need Vicky. I don't need Vicky, you know, telling Thunder Rosa she's a fake Texan and needs a green card because I think she actually believes that. So I don't need her saying her real views on on camera. I need more of Nyla Rose, who's naturally charismatic, who's a good talker and proved it in this short little vignette. And I think Dutch has said this before. Thunder Rosa speaking Spanglish is the best 
best thing ever. Let her talk. Let her talk. She doesn't need more than like 30 seconds to get across her point. She comes off fiery. She comes off like a a badass baby face every time she cuts one of these promos. You should have just let her do that on Wednesday. I I think it would have been better. I love her. I love her promos. Give her give her two minutes. Just give her something. They didn't give her any time. Again, like we talked about, it felt very, very rushed this past week. Like they were short on time and they just said, all right, just go out there and attack her. Just give her two minutes. Let her get the you deserve it chant and then have Nyla Rose come out there. You didn't need Vicky Guerrero coming out there immediately doing her excuse me, which is classic, but it's it's too much of a classic. I'm over it. I, I really don't need to hear it ever again, but it is what it is. We had a really good tag team match uh, tonight. Red Dragon. Just real quick, real quick. Yeah. I think that the, the problem with these two, like these two things with the managers, with Dan Lambert and Vicky Guerrero, they are forgetting the things that made, got them over. The Dan Lambert first segment that he had on AEW, it worked because his whole character was Jim Cornette in AEW. He was the anti-AEW guy cutting those promos. They've gone away from that, and he's now this, like, attitude era version of Jim Cornette calling women, you know, un- talking down to women, calling them whores and stuff like that. That's disgusting. I don't need any of that in my wrestling. I'm sorry. And then Vicky Guerrero, they forgot that Vicky Guerrero got over because she's not very good. She's not. The whole thing was that she was, it was kind of, it felt like nepotism. It felt like because she had the Guerrero name, she got a job and that's how she got over as a heel. Yes, it was annoying. Yes, she's not, she's not, doesn't have a voice that really works to be a manager. It's very annoying and grating. It gets kind of go away heat, but because she was with like Edge and Dolph Ziggler, it just worked at the time. But that was 15 years ago, AEW. Stop giving me the stuff from 15 years ago this is supposed to be the new fresh product don't give me stuff that has been played out for years had a really good tag match tonight red dragon defeating the dark order and then the beatdown after the match ensues jurassic express comes out red dragon runs away and then adam cole comes down and steals the tag team belts and now he's just i'm guessing uh the they're just going to take the belts and start wearing them around like they're theirs because they think they own them already. And that's what Adam Cole said in his tweet tonight. He's like, look, it ain't stealing when you already own them. I mean, it's a little it's a little bit of a wrinkle here, but, I mean, I don't know. I, them stealing the titles doesn't really do a whole lot for me personally. I don't know. I just – I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. Does it, does it, does it allow, like, 3D or 3D? Does it exist in wrestling, or can you just steal the stuff? Oh, that'd be good if they come back and had him arrested. Had, had, had him arrested for oh. stealing it. Dutch, watch NXT. That'd be good. Watch NXT. NXT is basically martial law. There's people get jumped in the parking lot. People get kidnapped. There was credit card theft, identity theft. I mean it. No, there's no laws in wrestling unless somebody actually decides to call the cops, and then they're the worst rented cops. And we're, and we're sitting and we're sitting here trying to make sense out of it. Yeah, so <laughs> and how, they break how, every kind of law known to man except murder. <laughs> I don't think they've murdered anything but the business. Funny thing they've done. They murder the business every week. 
I, I, I'm okay with any belt stealing if it's a heel. If it's a heel, it's a heel to get heat. Stealing the belt is totally fine. The reason that I had an issue with NXT 2.0 because the babyface stole titles. I'm fine with the heel stealing the titles. And I feel like this is building to Battle of the Belts. We are either going to see, you know, another Hangman and Adam Cole, maybe in a, like a strap match or something like that. And we'll see Red Dragon versus Jurassic Express or an even better idea. I got to shout out Will Washington of Grab City Podcast on Day After Dynamite. He said they should do a winner takes all trios match of Hangman, Adam Page, and Jurassic Express against the Undisputed. Elite. Ozzy, Ozzy, I didn't forget. It's literally next up. Yeah, he didn't forget, people. That dimension is just a gimmick, okay? I, I can't, uh, yeah. well, it kind of, who are you again? Uh, no, but of course, I could not, I was going to bring up Hook, because this is my favorite damn segment of the night, to be completely honest with you. I absolutely loved Hook just no selling everything that QT was saying about the whatever the certification BS placard that he was giving him. What what's dude bro's name? That that got his head slammed into the damn thing. What's that guy's Aaron, name? Aaron Solo. Okay, so so he takes Aaron Solo and just goes flap and just throws that mother trucker like right into the damn thing and shatters the glass. It was per- and then walks away like it was nothing. And then my absolute favorite part was Danhausen coming out to try and curse him. And he no sells the shit out of that and just walks away. And Danhausen's left like, like just sitting there going, like, What the shit? <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically like Ultimate Warrior getting straight up after a pile driver. Like that's basically what Hook did to Danhausen tonight. Which may mean, Sid, that my that, guy Danhausen. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, Sid, that may mean that we're going to get my boy Danhausen against your boy Hook, in which my boy Danhausen will get straight up murdered. Hook has the best facial expressions in wrestling. I'm sorry. His facial expression yeah. at this beginning of this segment had me cracking up. He's just like, like and I love Jericho on commentary saying, someone woke Hook up to come out here. <laughs> <laughs> Good segment. See that hook is a canvas that they haven't painted on, and so they don't. And I'm, I'm enjoying their taking their time, introducing him, because now the fans are thinking for themselves. And if they put him in some kind of crazy angle right off the bat, I think it might hurt him at this point. So let him grow organically. And then when you have a heel beat the crap out of him, which is going to happen, you know, the heel may have some heat because the people care about Hook. Yep. That'll definitely help get somebody, well, maybe not over in sense, but yeah, that'll, that will definitely get, uh, that'll definitely get some heat for sure. Um, another interesting uh, announcement. Gotta love announcements about announcements. Tony Khan goes on Busted Open today and says, hey, look, we're going to be bringing in a new, Addition to the women's division. You want to know when and where? Tune in to, to Rampage tonight. And I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to find out who it is tonight. And no, we didn't find out who it is tonight. We find out that the Owen Hart women's qualifier on Dynamite next Wednesday is going to be the Bunny versus this new signee, 
And now, in uh, true AEW fashion, we get to debate and speculate and wait and wonder to see who it is. A lot of options out there on the open market. Uh, Sid, we kind of talked about this on our podcast, the Believe in uh, Pro Wrestling podcast, but we were talking about Jade Cargill's next opponent. And we're sitting here saying, well, would they really bring somebody in of like one of these high caliber free agents to just lose to Jade Cargill? This is a qualifying match against the Bunny. Whoever they're bringing in is winning on Wednesday. That, op- that, that opens up to everybody on the free agent market, in my opinion. Yeah, and I would say that this is probably the most star-studded female free agency crop that AEW has to choose from. You got Athena, a.k.a. Ember Moon, who is someone that I've suggested for them to bring in, especially with her work with Thunder Rosa in Warrior Wrestling. That's been tremendous. Tony Storm just did open up the OnlyFans, and in one hour had $10,000. So you know she's a draw. You can bring her in to AEW. If she's making $10,000 an hour, she don't need to work, though. She's a goat. That that is also true. Uh, You got Taya Valkyrie. You got Mia Yim, who has that connection with uh, Keith Lee. You also got uh, Trisha Dora. There's uh, dozens of women on the independent scene as well that could come in here. So there is so many great options for AEW to choose from right now. And me, I'm going to go with Athena because I feel like she's the one that is like can't miss. And you can immediately have her like feud with somebody like Serena Deeb or Jade Cargill or even Thunder Rosa. So I'm going to go with Athena. Where is Athena from? She's Easy. Ember Moon from WWE. You remember Ember Moon? She was the okay, tag, I got it. The, she was the, yep. the tag team partner <laughs> with Shotzi in NXT. Um, but I think okay. another, I think another option might be Tegan Knox. I think Tega is, Tegan is somebody who's out there that could be a definite possibility for sure. Yeah, that's true. She's a good um, one. I'm going to guess Taya Valkyrie, though. I don't know why. I'm just going to guess that they're going to bring in Taya Valkyrie. But go ahead, Dutch. Well, if the girls are that hot, why doesn't Tony do an all-girl show? Yeah, I think you could if you brought that in. There's a market there. There's a market for it, and he, he didn't. I don't think he could tune them every week, but he could tune every couple months, and he would help the girls on your independent stuff. Uh, Sid, you would. My, you my would belief. Know, you would know Sid. this better than I would. Um, Mickey James isn't solely signed to anywhere right now, right? So I know she's got some stuff going on in Impact storyline-wise, but could she theoretically also show up in AEW as well? She's an option as well, but I think she is kind of tied up with what she's doing in Impact as well as the NWA. So I wouldn't say she's like uh, the top candidate. She's in there, though, for sure. Yeah, okay. So again, just an option. I don't think Impact, I don't think, I don't think Impact but like the idea her going to AEW since that door was just open with WWE. That's true too. So you gotta they may have some thoughts about that on their own. All right, real quick here, Sid, because we're already approaching 90 minutes. This was a main event that you and I were were both looking for, looking forward to. Ricky Stark defending. You didn't like it, Dutch? <laughs> you did not did you really fall That's asleep? Right. Ricky Starks and, and Swerve. Yeah, I did. I, I was out here. Oh, go ahead. Ricky Starks is a good talker. Yes, he is. He's a good talker. 
I think Swerve's a great talker as well. I, that was probably my favorite pre-mat, pre-main event promo exchange between competitors on Rampage, to be honest. Rick, Ricky Starks is just so good. The Whose house is it? The last house you, you were in, you got evicted from. Oh, my God. That was such a great line. That was a line of the entire night between SmackDown and Rampage. Ricky Starks is such an absolute star. Every single time he gets on the mic, he's in the ring. When he's in the main event in Rampage, it's always a really good to great main event. And I think this was no question here. This was the same. Him and Swerve had the, had the crowd on their feet, a crowd that had to watch two hours of Dynamite and then a whole nother hour of Rampage. All before before all of that, they had to watch a whole hour of Dark and Dark Elevation. So they were there for four hours and Ricky Starks and Swerve Strickland got them on their feet, got them invested in that main event, which says a lot about those two men. And it was split the entire time. I thought Strickland showed a lot here, but me, myself, I wouldn't have had him lose this quickly into his AEW run. This is only his second match in AEW. I feel like that's too soon for him to lose here. Yes, he was protected in the loss with Powerhouse Hops getting involved, but I would have waited a little bit longer before you got to this matchup. Give him a few more wins before he takes his first loss. That's my only nitpick with this one, but I loved everything else. I mean, would it have been just that bad of a finish to just have Powerhouse Hobbs cause the disqualification? They don't do DQs and countouts in this I know they don't. very, very rarely. And we just got a countout. We got the first countout in Rampage history last week. They definitely weren't going to come here this week and give us a DQ the very next week. I mean, if there was ever a time to do a disqualification, I think this would have been the perfect time. You don't want to put the FCW title on Swerve. Okay, that's fine. You want to book the match because it's awesome. But yeah, I agree with you. It's a little too early for Swerve to eat a pin, even if he's, you know, going to be protected in it and the at the end of the night it's just going to end in a melee and get timed out anyway let's call for the disqualification then have the double team beat down and then have keith lee come down and and destroy people and my god powerhouse hobbs is a huge man and he looked like a dwarf baby uh standing next to keith lee it's ridiculous one day those two are going to have an old-fashioned hoss fight and i can't freaking wait to watch it that's your thoughts, comments, concerns. Well, Rick, as, as painful as it is to agree with you, I got to kind of agree with you in this last one. And the fact that AEW doesn't have BQs, might have made it the perfect opportunity to have the BQ on this one. Because they're going to have Hobbs come in, everything ends up in a, in a happy mood anyway. But I do think it's too early in his run. What's his name? Strickland? Is that his name? Swerve. I think it was too early in his tenure to have him, as Rick said, eat the pen. So I think a big key would have been a better finish for this. But I don't know if it hurts him that much. We'll have to wait and see. But I think the guys don't get over anyway. Because uh, he's, he's too good. Yeah. He's, I think he's already over. The crowd loves him. Everything's great there. So we'll... Uh, See, and look, and I know there are people who are going to be watching this and going, but you guys criticize every time WWE does a DQ or, get, you know, this, that, and the other things. No. But, hey, we can do what we want to do. It's no. our show. But that's the we thing. can disagree with everything. Yeah. Okay. WWE lives right. They are the anti-AEW. AEW never does them. WWE does them far too often. 
and that's and so even when WWE does a disqualification or a countout and it makes sense, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because they do it all the damn time. I think tonight would have been a good time for AEW to go ahead and do a disqualification. Rick, why don't you just admit you hate WWE? I don't. Just come out and say it. I don't. They give me awesome interviews like the one I did with Montez Ford for the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. We'll drop hey. Monday at 3 p.m., baby. Make sure to subscribe. That is yeah. B-L-E-A-V yeah. in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. You keep you keep doing this knocking WWE and your interview channel may be shut down. Oh, they're they're right. we can't give you anything. You blast us every week. They're, they're, uh, they don't care. And far worse than me that they get interviewed. So trust me, I think I'm. I think my standing is is perfectly fine. I'm actually rather mild when it comes to my open criticism, at least on social media, anyway. Uh, Sid, you got a big, huge show coming up this weekend on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel. Tell the folks about it. Yes, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow, True Hill Heat 168. Myself, Miss Chrissy Love, we're going to be talking about Triple H's retirement in depth. We'll give our Mount Rushmore of Triple H rivals. We'll be going through all the wrestling news from AEW Impact Wrestling. New Japan Cup will give our predictions for the finals of the New Japan Cup for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So a lot of great content coming up from the True Hill Heat YouTube channel for WrestleMania week so we're going to give you the full lineup and all the guests that are going to be a part of our wrestlemania week tomorrow true hill heat 168 check it out and oh yeah to, to answer uh steven's question when is the wrestlemania prediction show that's going to be wednesday 11 a.m eastern time right here on sports keto wrestling youtube channel as well and you said what day is that oh yeah we're going to do a prediction show here i'm sorry go ahead they can do a prediction show for Sports Keto Wrestling on Wednesday. Ah, okay. So okay. watch that. Make sure to watch that. And then Friday, available starting at 7 a.m., but available all day leading up to WrestleMania Night 1, myself and Sid will be doing a WrestleMania prediction show on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel with our very special guest, our special guest picker, Renee Paquette. She will be joining us, the GOAT host of all time. She, she is going to be joining us. How does she know? In Pro Wrestling Podcast. Who she beat? She should have beat the Miz's ass. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and a few others. Anywho, but uh, she's going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to break down the entire card, have a really good time. Uh, it's going to be awkward hosting a show with a host who is way better than you are but i'm gonna do my damn best uh it's gonna be a good time renee's a lot of fun uh and we're gonna enjoy that so again make sure to subscribe to the believe in pro wrestling podcast youtube channel montez ford renee Capet paquette next week and that is just the start of what we got going on for you guys again that is b-l-e-a-v uh real quick before we wrap up we have a a, a super chat here sorry sp3 we'll get back to you uh rollin curtis saying i think these women's tag team situations are good for naomi uh shana Carmella, Zelina, Liv, and Natty, but it's a step back uh, for Sasha and Rhea. And frankly, uh, Ron, there's there's a lot of people who agree with you uh, on that. Many people thought when Rhea Ripley split from Nikki A.S.H., she should have gone on and gone and done a really good singles run, maybe have been set up as uh, a potential opponent for Bianca afterwards, after WrestleMania, which I still think might be the case. I don't think Liv and uh and and Rhea are winning at wrestlemania and i don't think a lot of these tag teams are going to still be together after mania but yeah this let's make most mistake about it this is about getting them on the card 
We, we weren't going to get more than two women's singles matches this year. It sucks. We should have. But this is basically filler for the, the women's battle royal, which there's not enough talent to do a women's battle royal. So that's why we're getting eight women in a tag team match. But there's a lot of people that agree with your sentiment that this is a step back for both Sasha and Rhea. And, yeah, it might be. But at least it gets them on the show. I thought they just had a women's battle royal not too long ago. They did. Didn't they? They did. What I'm saying is, is there's they didn't have enough women for it? No, what I'm saying is there's not enough women on the roster currently to do a battle royal that is like honestly worth it unless you throw like a bunch of NXT talent into it because you have twelve women on your roster that are already booked on, on WrestleMania at this point. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, only, okay. you only have a women's roster that's like twenty seven deep on the main roster. So you'd be doing like I guess, I guess like a fifteen I don't know. I don't it seems I don't know. I don't know, you know. That's what you got going on. I don't guess you know, Steve. Uh, I am going to uh, be attending a Bruiser Brody uh, memorial show in St. Louis during the month of May. I don't have the exact date on it, but I will be there. And uh, uh, Bruiser's wife, uh, she will be there. And I hope to see everybody there. And if you want to talk to me, DirtyDutchFantel at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook, just DutchFantel. And on Twitter, DirtyDMantel on Twitter. And I haven't been going on there too much because I think I'm, uh, I, I think I'm going nuts trying to watch this Twitter and all these people trying to, I mean, it drives me nuts trying to read that thing. Uh-huh. But I do read it. So, but if you want to get a hold of me there and please stop with all the I hate Rick stuff. Yeah, let's let's Rick, stop those people that. have you know, covered me up with I hate Rick Eugene now. I don't know what it is. Uh so that's saying don't, don't say, say that Rhea, okay. Don't don't say that Rhea and Liv not winning the title. Uh look, I, I would not have them as my favorite right now. Who just said it? They're a contender. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I think I think they want to get lit Rhea out on her own after WrestleMania. But I have been wrong before. Hell, I was wrong several times on this show tonight. But uh, hey, I'm agreeing with you again. I think that girl needs to be a single. Hey, has she worked? At, how, how long has she been around, Ripley? Uh, in three years. Uh, three years or so, I think, in WWE between NXT UK and then moving to the uh, NXT. And how many, how many times has she worked with Charlotte Flair? Two. At least two. Ripley. What? Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair have at least they versed at WrestleMania 36, yeah. Money in the Bank, uh, Hell in the Cell. Okay. They were in a triple How was that? At WrestleMania backlash. Like they've versed a few times already. No. Yeah. I was thinking like yeah, I missed all that. That, that, like was, that was my that was my that I, I was just my pre I gave you four pay per views. Those are major matches. Those are four pay per views. Was the title on the line each time of those? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. They had the really NXT awesome. Women's Championship and huh? the Raw Women's Oh, I forgot about the NXT shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But they could be totally for each other. Please wrap up, Rick. God. All right. We'll I'm going to eat breakfast. See you guys. Have a good weekend.